This is the KZRG Sports Podcast. I'm Nathan Massey. We're going to go and jump into it. Our final College World Series recap of the season. Obviously, Ole Miss taking out Oklahoma in two games. Didn't even need the third to take it home. First in program history. This first time, there was a lot of drama for Ole Miss this entire season. Obviously, with the head coach, his they were calling for his head the entire season. Coach Bianca, I mean, they came for him. They were saying if he didn't have a good enough year, that he was going to be fired. He was going to be let go. Maybe the team needed to take a different direction. He's been there for 20-plus years, and they were coming for him. And for him and his team to pull out the national title after all of that controversy this year, that's huge. That's big time. And on top of that, you had players like Tim Elko who were, and some of the other seniors who, and some of the older guys who were draft eligible and would have gone pretty well in the draft, would have made some good money if they would have left, deciding to all come back and give it one last ride. They wanted to get that championship for themselves and for their team, for the program, for Bianca. So they came back and they actually delivered it. We all know about Tim Elko with what he had, had happened last year. He tore his ACL, played through it somehow, and on top of that, played well, even with the torn ACL. Then he comes back, and he follows it up with another great year. They win the national title, and, I mean, there's not much else you can say about that. I mean, that's just huge props to them. They dealt with controversy. People were coming at the program all year long. Fans were saying they weren't good enough. They wanted to take a new direction. There was reports about some of the people in the athletic department that were saying the same thing. And at the end of the day, they win the national championship, and they go home with it. They, Like I mentioned, they did it in two games. They handily, I'd say handily, won the first game. It wasn't like a blowout or anything, but they won the first one. And then the second one, this is the game two, obviously, it was 0-0 for a while. You had great pitching performances on both sides. And then there was a little bit of back and forth towards there, towards at the end, towards the end. And then Ole Miss just comes out on top. They just get enough. I think they ended up getting the insurance run on a pass ball. And that was it. That was the end of Oklahoma season. They were, I believe, they were one of, they were the only, one of the last four, the final four, they were the only non-SEC team. So that just speaks again to the SEC dominance. That goes on in college sports with Arkansas, Ole Miss, and I believe either Auburn or Texas A&M, I believe, was in the final four. But anyways, not the point of this. Oklahoma had a good year. They played solid throughout the year. They earned their, they earned their way in. But speaking of earning their way in, Ole Miss, last team in to the tournament last literally the last team on selection Sunday there was all sorts of talks about everybody not making it like them not making it they don't deserve to be in they're not good enough they're going to get eliminated really fast and then I believe they lost one game in the entire postseason and that was obviously the game against Arkansas to force game two to go to the World Series finals but there were I mean people weren't necessarily wrong there were 14 and 16 in the SEC Right, They didn't have just some crazy out-of-conference schedule that they just had big wins against a ton of big-time opponents. I mean, they were good. They had solid wins throughout the year. Obviously, they wouldn't have made it if they didn't. But long story short, they had a normal season. And then all of a sudden, they're national champions. And that's something that can happen in college baseball. It's, And I mean, it can happen in any sport. But mainly in like college baseball, college basketball, you see these Cinderella-type runs. You don't really see it, obviously, in college football. There's pretty much you know who's going to win it. There's probably three or four teams and realistically, probably one to two teams are going to win it every year. But when you get down to it, this was a crazy tournament. There was tons of 
runs scored, defensive plays made, pitching performances, just overall excitement. Some of the super regionals, some of the regionals, I mean, these kids are fighting for their careers. Sometimes it'll be some of the last times some of these guys step on the field. So you watch these guys go out there and deliver this amazing product, and it's all come to an end. I absolutely hate the end of seasons. It's probably the worst thing ever because it's one of those things you don't think about because you're into the tournament. You're excited about it. You want to see who comes out, especially if your team's not into it and you can just kind of sit back and watch, but especially when your team is into it and you want them to make it far and then they get a, if they don't get eliminated, you're playing in the championship game and that's all you can even think about or talk about. And then boom, season's over with. And you're like, well, what do we do now? Like if you want it, you celebrate, right? But then after a while, then you got to get on to the next season. And if you lose, then you're like, I mean, you're immediately mad. You're making, maybe some people make excuses. Some people say, oh, we just lost, whatever. And then still, it's just over with. And like when that sport specifically is done with, when their season's over with, there's not, you don't have it for another six, seven months. And it's weird, especially when you get in like the March Madness era of college basketball, or if you get into like the College World Series, the entire tournament, and you, or you like bowl games during, college football or just the NFL, MLB, NBA playoffs, any of those, NHL playoffs. And then so you're just riding this high of, like, games all the time, every day, very meaningful. There's no, like, just filler games, like games that just happen where you've got random stuff going on that doesn't really matter. It's every game counts, right? And out of nowhere, you're just done. Like, it's just over with. And I that's probably the worst thing. I hate that we're going to not have college baseball around for another six, seven months. But I am excited. I am excited for next year, but I am very pleased with the tournament this year. Mississippi State, I'm a Mississippi State fan, obviously. But they didn't even make the tournament, but it was so cool to actually kind of sit back and be stress-free about it. Obviously upset with how their year went. But at the end of the day, I was able to sit back and have an unbiased take on this entire tournament and just kind of watch baseball and really appreciate it. So we'll get back in the – so about the, SC, or about the tournament again – uh, Dylan Delucia wins the most outstanding player. I mean, guy earned it. He went out there. He was three and zero in his four starts for the tournament. One five nine ERA, twenty eight and a third innings. Just overall outstanding. He had that big game the other day against Arkansas that sent them to the World Series officially. He earned it. Another like personal note: the closer from yesterday's game, Brandon Johnson. I actually played against him in junior college. Kid's good. Obviously, came in. He shut the door. I think he actually ended up striking out the side to end the game. And so, and then we'll talk about this too. Brandon Johnson, close, like I mentioned, closes out the game, games are with, and then they dogpile. Dogpile is one of those things that you want to get to at the end of every season. But I hate dogpiles. Not that I hate that people do them. I hate being in the dogpile. I've been fortunate enough to have been on some good teams throughout my careers and multiple different sports and whatever's going on in the dogpile. And that is the worst thing ever. The worst thing ever. I've been on the bottom of probably two of them in my life. And both times I've thought to myself, I will never, never do this again. And obviously I'm a catcher. I, so I play college baseball. I'm a catcher. And if you ever watch the baseball game in a team dogpile, the catcher and the pitcher come together and hug. And then everybody tackles them too. So you're almost destined to be on the bottom of it. Like you have no other option. But sometimes I'll hug, run up, hug the pitcher or whatever. And then I'll, I'll kind of go hug somebody else. So that way they just tackle somebody else maybe, and then at the end I kind of jump on top and then get off so everybody else can get off too. But being on the bottom of dogpile is the most overrated thing ever. And it's one of those things where like you're under there for what seems like an eternity, even if it's 12 seconds. But I wish that like 
doghouse is just like a thing you knew, like get on, get off. Like everybody, the minute the last guy hits it, don't stay there, get off. Because the people at the bottom are suffering. Let me tell you, it's terrible feeling. I hate it. I love dog piles. I like how like they, they look cool. They look fun. And if you're on top, you're fine. Or even in the middle, you're probably all right. But do not ever attempt to be on the bottom of a dog pile. You will just feel smushed by an unlimited amount of weight for however long the people on top determine. And they're not suffering, so they just kind of <laughs> stay up there for as long as they want. But that was just something I immediately thought of watching the game in yesterday. They dog pile, and I'm like, man, I remember being on the bottom of those, and it's just not fun at all. You just got to avoid it. But anyways, we'll go into a little bit more baseball news. We'll go with professional baseball now in the MLB. We had a situation yesterday where, I'm not kidding, Rossiel Iglesias throws a box of sunflower seeds onto the field. And you may be wondering, what? Like, why was that even a thing? So the Angels and Mariners got into a brawl. And I know everybody's probably thinking, oh, baseball, MLB brawls. Like, everybody just jaws, like, yells at each other. You know, nobody actually fights. Nobody actually throws anything. There's maybe one player that does something stupid, and then it's over with. And you've just cleared the benches for no reason. We actually had, like, fighting and during this series. Like, people were actually throwing punches. There was a big brawl. Like I mentioned, Iglesias was not a fan of it. He threw sunflower seeds on the field. I believe there was bubble gum also thrown on the field. I guess somebody just got really mad at the snacks. I don't know what the snacks did or had a part of this. I don't think there was anything that it had to do with it. But somebody was mad enough to where they were like, we just don't like sunflower seeds or bubble gum anymore and just threw it onto the field for no reason. In total, there were eight people ejected from this. And not that I enjoy people getting ejected or I enjoy like people being suspended or whatever, but I hate when the MLB gets in brawls most of the time because you just go out there and nothing happened. It's like, if you're really that upset about it, go do something about it. At least make it worth it if you're going to clear the benches. You know, at least somebody throws some type of punch. But I'm not encouraging fighting. Obviously, if that was my favorite team and a bunch of my our best players got in trouble, I wouldn't be a fan of it. But players were being thrown out all weekend. I mean, it was they were just trading hit-by-pitches. And these guys are throwing upper 90s, sometimes even 100 miles an hour. That's got to hurt. And at some point, if you feel like you've had nothing to do with this and you get hit by 97 in the ribs... I don't blame you for wanting to throw a punch or two. At that point, just actually do it. Go do something instead of just yelling at each other and then getting the people from the bullpens to jog in 300-plus feet just to pull somebody back that's not even going to throw a punch anyways. So I'm not encouraging fighting, but at least it was more enjoyable to watch than most of the ejections and most of the brawls, I guess you could call them, in the MLB, which really just are heated arguments if you want to be real about it. But... That's about all I got on that. Freddie Freeman was a big story last weekend. He got his ring, made his return to Atlanta. I think you could tell by his reaction. I don't think he wanted to leave Atlanta. I think that the money, whether it was him or whether it was agent or maybe the close ones around him, maybe the money got too much to his head. Yes, Freddie Freeman's great. He was an MVP. He led him to a World Series. He was the face of the franchise. So he deserved a lot. Maybe, I guess, just Atlanta just wasn't willing to give it to him. But you could tell that Freddie wants to be in Atlanta. At least it seems heavily like he wants to be in Atlanta. He may enjoy being in L.A., playing for the Dodgers. They're a great team. But maybe money's just getting too important for some for some people out there in the in the pro ranks. I get if you're bringing a value to a product, you need to be compensated for it. But maybe it's just my personal beliefs. But sometimes if you're getting paid very similar amounts of money, it's only a couple million dollars difference. I know it sounds like a lot of money, obviously. But I mean, what's really the difference between making 120 and 125? 
when you're at that when you're at that level. Like you're still you're not broke, you're not poor, you're not wanting for anything. You're making 125 million dollars or whatever. And some of these guys are signing for like 300 million. That's just an example with the 120, 125 example. But I mean, we've seen this happen before with like I mean, Cardinals fans, we know this one, Albert Pujols. He left, and I don't think that was, that was more of a year's situation, the length of the contract as opposed to the money. But he left and went to Los Angeles and just wasn't the same Albert Pujols from there on out. Obviously, he was getting a little bit older, but he just wasn't the same guy. Francisco Lindor, he left, and he's in New York. He's having a better year now, but I Freddie's still playing good, and I don't wish bad upon him whatsoever. Obviously, he's a great guy. But maybe just maybe just stay at home for a discount, I guess, in a way, and then just enjoy where you're at. Like you're, he had everything made, and now he's essentially just another name on that Dodgers team. They've got so many big names, and maybe that's what he wanted. So maybe I'm just speaking out of turn here, and that's just what he wanted to do was just have the spotlight off him. But just watching him kind of react to the tributes that he was getting and getting his World Series ring, it just seems like he still wants to be in Atlanta. So. Somebody somewhere may have messed up that process on either side, whether it was the Braves organization or whether it was Freddie Freeman and his his side. But maybe sometimes these guys just need to stick at home. But who knows? And speaking of new big contracts not working out, Deshaun Watson. It's coming out that people are pushing for him to be suspended indefinitely. And it's sometimes even just for a year, I think has been like the big talk right now is for an entire year. But essentially what they've done is they had Baker Mayfield. They talked their way out of that one. They go and sign Deshaun Watson, sign and trade, sign however that worked out for them, and spend hundreds of millions of dollars on this guy. And now he's probably suspended for a year and potentially suspended even longer, depending on how the court cases continue to go. I saw where he settled a bunch of them, but he's still got some lingering around. Obviously just still not an overall good look, clearly something needs to happen there whether it gets settled or whether he gets in trouble there's going to be an end game to it at some point but if he's suspended for a year or if he's suspended indefinitely then what the browns have done is essentially spent hundreds of millions of dollars to start jacoby Brissett at quarterback okay you've ruined your relationship with baker you've brought in deshaun that you thought was going to be great and then he may not even get on the field now he might be great if he ever gets on the field but you're running the risk he might not even ever get on the field. So, I mean, the Browns are just doing Browns things. They've improved over the last few years, but you can't take the Browns out of the Browns, right? You can't take the mistakes that they make sometimes. And this was clearly a huge oversight. But something's got to give. We'll see what happens with this Watson business. See if he gets suspended for a year indefinitely. Maybe he gets cleared, period. Who knows? The NFL sometimes can be wishy-washy on how they handle different situations. So we'll see how that goes. But we saw another series, by the way, end. We had another season wrap-up. The Avalanche win the Stanley Cup. They won 2-1 to one in Game 6. Took them six games. They were kind of, like I would mentioned before, they had kind of solidified that they were going to win it once they went up 2-0. It's very hard to lose it at 2-0 once they get 3-1 again. One of those things that would have taken a huge comeback. They at least got to Game 6 to see where it goes. They win the series 4-2. Good season for them. I know Lightning, I'm pretty sure they went back-to-back prior to this year. Or at least have won it quite a bit in the last few years. So they had a good season. Obviously, everybody wants it to win the finals, but making it to the finals, hats off to them too. But Avalanche, this was y'all's year. 
y'all capitalized, y'all won it all, and that's where we're going to end that. But I did pick them to win in Game 6. So, on a personal note, I went 1-0 on my picks that I left y'all with over the weekend. I just had the 1. So I'm back to 4-5 and five on my little... The thing that I'm keeping, I'm keeping track of myself. So four and five, which is pretty solid. I mean, I'm almost at 500. We're getting somewhere close. But still, I there was a couple picks here and there that I wish I could have back. But overall, not terrible. So we're going to try and pick. I'm going to go with the hometown game. This might be a layup. But I'm going to take the Cardinals over the Marlins tonight. They're favorited. It's at 645. I think that'll be kind of a toss-up or kind of a layup for the Cardinals. They should at least, but baseball is baseball, so you never know. So we'll just kind of switch over to MLB now that the College World Series and the NHL is wrapped up, try and get some other picks in here and there, maybe pick up some big games, maybe pick two or three a night sometimes. But just to get started on the MLB slate, we're going to just take the Cardinals over the Marlins tonight. That's my pick for the day, and we'll check back in tomorrow and see how I did on that one. But that's all I've got today. This is KZRG Sports.